0: Welcome to the Pac-Man podcast, patriotic American citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host. Let's begin with some old news. We're about a week out now from the 4th of July as we record this. And uh, there's a Homeland Security bulletin. I've been sitting on this for days, haven't gotten around to it. I'd, I'd, you know, print it out before the 4th. I'd lose it for a couple of days, but I just found it today. It's a Homeland Security bulletin obtained by ABC News. And it talks about the violent extremists and the 4th of July holiday and celebrations. Now, you know who the violent extremists are? If you're in the Biden administration, it's people like you and me, patriots. So it warned of attacks against a range of potential targets, with no warning, of course. And these uh, domestic violent extremists, aka DVEs, the feds say, are motivated by violent ideologies. And the ethnically motivated violent extremist white supremacists, This is, you know, they're talking about us, white nationalists. I won't say white supremacists. I'm a white nationalist. I'm white and I love my nation. That makes me a white nationalist, I guess. If you love your country, if you're a patriotic American citizen, you're a threat, according to federal law enforcement. We have the perfect storm, ABC was told by a senior law enforcement official. So the network posted online, perfect storm, bulletin warns of extremist violence as pandemic restrictions lift. You see, that's what they're afraid of. You know, under Biden's America, we're we're becoming like Soviet Russia. So ABC said it obtained access to the warning exclusively and that it includes that charge that 34 states will have state of emergency orders expire soon so that mass gatherings and social distancing restrictions will be largely lifted, unfortunately for the feds. Can't have that. Can't have Americans being free and breathing freely without these masks. We're freed from the bondage of masks. Of course, I've freed myself long ago from the bondage of wearing masks. It expressed, too, I'll just read this here from WorldNet Daily. It expressed, too, that as of June 16th, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremist white supremacists were sharing uh, downloadable links to a publication discussing targeting mass gatherings, critical infrastructure, and law enforcement officials. It's a very volatile situation, this federal official told ABC. But they didn't, and they never do, provide a specific plot. They just say, they lump anybody like true patriots who want to be free, want to be free to enjoy the 4th of July like we were. They don't like that. They want us under their thumbs. We're not having that. So they view you, we're the enemy to them because we love freedom and love personal liberty. Somehow we're a threat to the the republic. It's people like us who would, would defend the republic. When it came down to it, Uh, there's so much here I want to get to. It's going to be a short show because my my daughter was going to do a show with me on this week's Cambridge uh, board meeting, which was uh, the Board of Education meeting, which was a real barn burner. And uh, in case you haven't heard, the local news, uh, I guess Channel 13 was the only TV station there. But the uh, Board of uh, Trustees, the, the, the Board of Education voted to reinstate the Cambridge Indian mascot, the name, the Cambridge Indians. It had been retired. During the previous board of education meeting in June, because the Dems had a three-to-two advantage on the uh, on the board, now Republicans have a three-to-two advantage, with uh, another member sworn in this week. So we just reinstated the the name Indians. We unretired the Indians name, and the meeting lasted, I guess, uh, maybe three, four hours. It started at seven, may, it went to ten thirty or eleven o'clock. We stayed till about ten thirty, and they had the resolution. And, and the vote to uh, reinstate the name. But some of the, the public comment period was was pretty colorful. And a lot of folks, most everybody who spoke w- was very passionate. Some were more eloquent than others, but the message got across. I mean, the, the people on the left, the, the ponytails, they, they stood up and to a man and woman, they gave their views as to why they think the mascot should be scrapped. But it's not going to happen that name change is not going to happen. Not now, not ever. Not happening. My daughter stood up and she spoke very eloquently about it for a a couple of minutes. And uh, her friend did as well. The two young people, they're they're both 17. And they gave a good account of themselves. So it's not just, you know, these old middle-aged white guys who want to keep the mascot. It's nothing about ethnicity or race, as the left claims it is. This is about a lot more than the mascot. We didn't have this problem in this this area 20 years ago and i haven't been here 20 years but i'm told by people who've lived here all their lives this is something that's relatively new and a lot of these liberals have been shipped in they've lived elsewhere one woman uh i won't mention her name but she lived in new york city naturally so they take their liberal ways with them a lot of these people are just getting here a lot of them belong to the arts community and we all know who they are it's a small town small village we know who's who we know that these uh, people i call them Alinskyites in the arts community. They just, they're here to stir up trouble. They don't care about the mascot. They don't care that it may offend certain people. They claim to be offended. These white liberals claim to be offended. We have to find another, one, one woman stood up. She said, we, we have to find another mascot. I just wish we could find something that was not uh, so offensive to some people. Well, look, lady, you don't have the right not to be offended. Nobody has that right. Everybody is going to be offended at something. That Cambridge Indian mascot has been the team school mascot now for I don't know how long. The locals could tell you. My, my daughter could tell you. Maybe 100 years, but for decades. And some liberals, some ship-ins come in from New York City and from, you know, around the Northeast, and they're going to come into this community and decide, well, we don't like it. We think it's offensive to Native Americans. So they want to scrap it. But it was a very lively meeting. And I'll tell you, it was... Uh, it was intense at times, and it wasn't just about the mascot. Some people stood up and they they talked about this critical race theory, which is going to happen if it's not happening already. Now, the NEA, National Education Association, and the UFT, United Federation of Teachers, came out last week with a, a statement, joint statement, that said, well, it's going to be taught in the nation's 14,000 uh, 14, of the nation's public schools. Now, many of these schools will deny that critical race theory is being taught, but don't believe it. Find out if it's being taught in your schools, because it is Marxist in its origins. Critical race theory. The White House Friday said that the president supports the teaching of CRT principles, which view the world through this Marxist lens that regards all white people as oppressors and all people of color as the oppressed. Well, it doesn't work that way. That's not how it is in real life. So the White House press secretary, Jen Piasaki, it's, it's I know it's Jen Psaki, But Mark Levin calls her Pisaki. But she was responding to a question from Real Clear Politics, a reporter there, Phil Wegman, regarding the president's stance in light of the NEA's recent approval of a resolution defending CRT. And she didn't push back on the uh, the issue, and she didn't use the term critical race theory, but she talked about systemic racism, which is a, a buzz phrase. Systemic racism, equity, inclusion. When you hear these things, the 1619 Project all of that is critical race theory. So when you hear those buzz, buzz or phrases, your, your ears should perk up because they're trying to shove this down our children's throats in the government schools. Now I know there's, <laughs> there've been dark parts in our history. I know about the, the, the history of the slavery in, the, in this country. I have, as I've mentioned, four biracial children, my wife is black, we're, we're very much aware of our history. But teaching history through that prism that all whites are oppressors and all brown people are oppressed is just, I think, does a disservice. And it's it drives a wedge between people and it's meant to. That came up at, at this uh, school board meeting. One of these, you know, Scrap the Mascot people from the arts community said that this is identity politics and she was praising it, it's a good thing. Identity politics is a good thing. The people, it's a tactic, people who employ that tactic of viewing everything through the prism of race, they know it's a tactic that divides. Critical race theory is not meant to teach our young people about our past. It's meant to divide us along racial lines, along ethnicities, along class lines, you name it. The bottom line is they want us divided. It's a divide and conquer method. But the NEA, they came out late last week and I had all this information printed out. I don't have access to it. I lost it. I'll find it in a couple of days. But the union, the NEA, is going to educate its members who want to learn more and to fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric. So they're schooling their members, the NEA, schooling its member teachers and how to respond to anti-CRT attacks. There'll be plenty of attacks. They're going to come from me and people who support the way I think on this issue at the next school board meeting if they try to sneak this into our school. And I know they will. I know they will. This, this plan that the NE, uh, NEA backs, it's a study that critiques empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigeneity, racism, patriarchy, capitalism, ableism, and all these other isms. It's communism is what it is it's going to teach all other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society and that we oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 project. So they, they admit the 1619 project is part of this critical race theory, but they, and they're partnering with the, with black lives matter, the NEA. It wants to partner with BLM to create special education materials based on critical race theory so they can deny it all they want. And by the way, this fall, They want new special days in the school calendar. They want to celebrate George Floyd's birthday, which is October 14th. Now, it falls like two days after Columbus Day. So the union, this is what the union envisions, a national day of action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression. These people, folks, I'll I'll break it down for you real simply. They're Marxists. They're communists. They hate America. They hate our Constitution. They hate our history. All of it. So if this is creeping up in your school, you best do something about it. If you care anything at all about your children, because this is what they're being taught. It's PAP. They're not being taught to read and to write and to do arithmetic correctly. But anyway, I mean, this is what they're pushing on us. And we're paying dearly for it. The NEA and the UFT, I can—I remember these figures by memory. Four and a half million members combined. Combined a budget of... $550 million of your money. That's our money. Over half a billion dollars a year they get. That's according to uh, this report in World Net Daily from 2019. It's probably, that's no doubt more than that today. So snuff it out. If you find it in your school, you know, go, go to work. And, and just, you got to stay attuned to what's going on because I'll, I'll, look, I'll admit, last couple of years, two, three years with COVID and people have been busy trying to just raise their families. Our local district has been getting away with murder. These three Democrats on the board have, including the superintendent, by the way, have had a free run. But you know something? The party is over. There is a new sheriff in town and things are going to change here. I've been telling, we I think Republicans and those of like mind, we need to form some kind of a committee because some of these Resolutions that have passed over the past few years. I mean they passed by two to one margins And I think the school board meeting the other night I mean it was like three four to one conservatives to democrat or conservatives to liberals And it was, the main issue was the mascot issue, but there are so many more issues at least as important if not more Banning critical race theory is one of them, but I mean I've been My mind's been elsewhere. My uh, my uh, attention has been focused elsewhere as most people who are conservatives. We don't we don't like government we don't trust it, we want to just. We want the government to leave us alone, let us raise our families, let us enjoy life, and we, we put the wrong people on these boards. And that's what's happened, and things have gotten out of hand. I was talking about the resolutions. You know, they, they talk about leasing buses for $350,000 every year. New buses being leased, passes by a two-to-one margin. And at the meeting the other night, they were like, I can't believe these people would give the green light to all these resolutions for all this spending. You know, five hundred thousand for this, and you know, four hundred thousand for that. I mean, these people either don't know what they're voting on, or they're, they're just not paying attention. Anyway, uh, uh, we're about out of time here. I wanted to keep this uh, program shorter than it than it is. I'll have my daughter with me. She's at uh, Lord knows how many parties. I think she has four graduation parties to go to. Hers is at the end of the month, but we're getting ready for that here. So we've been really busy. And she's gonna do. She she uh, tells me she's promises she'll do a show before the weekend is out, and uh, I, I have no reason to doubt her. She's <laughs> she's she's a good girl, and I'm proud of her. She was great the other night too, standing up in front of all those people, and uh, she read the riot act to especially. She didn't call out any names, but she she focused on the woke the wokeness that's uh, creeping up into the community, and uh, what went on during graduation, the actual ceremony that was held at a, a movie theater, an outdoor theater. And she said, you know, we're all, we all met that night, we all congregated, just like we would have if we were allowed to graduate as a normal class graduates. But we weren't. Everything was separate. Kept everybody away from each other, from their families. We, had a, we gathered at the end of it, at the, at the, uh, the ceremony at the, at the movie theater. The whole thing was ridiculous, all in the name of public safety which is nonsense. If you want to listen to this show and all the fine shows we have for you, you go to the BMG Network. B as in boy, M as in Michael, G as in great. BMGnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the BMGnetwork.com, all lowercase. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pacman Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod.